This is a podcast from Tbilisi International Christian Fellowship, a gathering of many nations who are one in Christ. Okay, let's read verses 2 through 5, the book of Micah. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. Therefore, he shall give them up until the time that she who is in labor has given birth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall abide. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and this one shall be peace. Okay, Micah. He's just a regular man. Nothing special about him. In the first uh, verse of chapter 1 of his book, it says that, this is the Micah from the city of Moresheth, and that city is a, a very small city on the border of Judah with uh, Philistia. It says here, one of the most, you know, one of those amazing prophecies about the coming Messiah. Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem, but 700 years before that happened, God told people, that's exactly that is going to happen, and people knew it. You know, when the Magi came, when the wise men came to uh, Jerusalem looking for the Messiah, you know, the scribes and Pharisees, they knew exactly where the Messiah would be born. You know, they said in Bethlehem, it was common knowledge. So if God does something, you know, something important, he knows how to tell people about it. He knows how to lead his people. We just need to listen. And here it says, Bethlehem, you are a small town of Judah. And Bethlehem was a small town. You know, when God described, uh, when God described the land that he is giving to the tribe of Judah, you know, he mentioned, in the Old Testament we read that, he mentioned cities, but Bethlehem was not mentioned among the cities given to Judah because it was so small. You know, it's a small city, nothing of a city, of a town. You know, it says, You're so small in Judah, the town of Bethlehem, but out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. So it says, this contrast of a small town, nothing of a town, and the one who will come out of you, he's the ruler of Israel, and he, is, uh, he comes from everlasting, an everlasting ruler of Israel, the king of Israel, the promised Messiah. You know, again, if you look at Bethlehem, almost a village, small town, what hope can come out of that town? You know, on the surface, nothing, but where there is no hope, you know, Outwardly, you know, God is there, God is working, and His presence gives hope. 
The contemporary of Micah, another prophet, Isaiah, he also talks about this event, about the birth of eternal king of Israel in Bethlehem. He, he served at the same time as Micah, but he talks about this, um, about this event from a different perspective. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Isaiah says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Israel was going through a difficult time, you know. Assyrians were threatening them, and Babylonians, and there was uh, fighting between Jude, uh, Judah and Israel. A lot was going on, just instability and uh, a lot of threat from different, uh, from different sides to the country of Judah. But here it says that God comforts people, he encourages people and says, look, I will give you a sign. I himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and bear a baby. If you look on the surface of things, you know, there's no hope. Just a baby. What can a baby do? But it says here, his name is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. You see, God came into this world through Mary as a human completely human and completely God, to be with us. Well, that changes a lot when, and that's the celebration, that's the joy of Christmas, you see, because God is with us. He made an effort. He himself gave us a sign. We never ask God to come and be with us. We never asked that, we, we can't even imagine that God can be with us, among us, in us. We, we don't even know our problems. You know, the, the, the bottom line, the root of our problems. We don't even know so many times. But God himself, and that is the amazing message of, uh, of Christmas, that God cares. Completely, totally, regardless, you know, separate from our desires from ourselves or from humans, you see, completely separate for us, undeserved, unprovoked, you know, not asked for grace of God when he cares, when he himself gives us a sign, stretches his hand to us, comes to us in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, that's, that grace, that love, that character of God is the miracle of Christmas. And that's what takes faith to believe in you see it takes faith to believe that god cares but if we do put our faith in our god if we do accept by faith that god loves us so much that he himself came into the world you know to bless us in many ways that we we never asked because we just don't know you know i get I get to talk to some Muslim people, you know, because of life and ministry. So, and uh, uh, we had a long talk with this one Muslim woman. And uh, 
we talked for quite a long time. And the bottom line was this. You need to believe that God loves you so much that he not only sent a prophet, he not only sent some kind of law, but he himself came to, to bless you. So that's what you need to believe, that God loves you so much that he himself came to your rescue. So what happens? So how does this baby, how does Christmas change my everyday life? What is the result of me putting my hope in Jesus Christ? Responding to his love in faith. How is that going to change my life? You see, God comes into your life and he changes your life according to who he is. And the prophet Isaiah continues his prophecy in chapter 9. And we'll go to Isaiah chapter 9. In Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. It says, mighty God. Well, first of all, Jesus Christ is God. Okay? He's the Son of God, completely human, completely divine. And it says, the first name is Wonderful. Okay? So our lives will be transformed and there will be a miracle, supernatural, wonderful, something wonderful in our lives. You know, and we're quite ready for something wonderful to happen in our lives. And just focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Focus on the Word of God. Focus on knowing Christ and knowing His will in responding to what he's doing in your life. Focus on what he's doing in your life and who he is in your life. And that will open you for his work, wonderful work. And your life will reflect that. His name is Counselor, and that's Comforter. The one who makes you wise, who will counsel you, who will give answers to your questions, who will minister to your deepest needs and problems. He's a, a wonderful counselor. Okay? Wisdom and comfort. You're never alone. Just give room to him by placing your hope in him, by giving his, him time, you know, focusing on him. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. The power of God is in you. The power of righteousness the power of the Holy Spirit, mighty God. If God is for us, who can be against us? Any circumstances, any people, any enemies, sickness, you know, being broken and stuff, the power of God, mighty God is your God. Everlasting Father, 
You see, sonship, we're adopted, we're not slaves. We do give our lives to God as no slave gives his life to his master. But we, we do more. We give our lives because we trust our God, because we place our hope in him. In return, we receive adoption. We are co-heirs with Jesus Christ. We're in the family. And the destiny of the Father is our destiny. And the destiny of the family is our destiny. We're connected in a supernatural, mystical way with, with our God, our Father, with our bridegroom, Jesus Christ, with our brother, Jesus Christ. He calls us brothers, you see. So we're not alone. We're sons. And the Prince of Peace, that's his name, the, the King of Peace, you see, and this word shalom, it's much more than absence of war. It's rest. It's um, completeness. It's when things are the way they're supposed to be. And Jesus can bring this peace, not strife. Nothing else will bring uh, this into your life. And this, all of this is available to us freely. This is the joy of uh, this is the joy of Christmas. What's amazing is in the end of verse seven, it says that the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. God made us so many promises. God calls us to certain things, but it says that God, the Lord of hosts, or the Lord of powers, will perform this. See, God will perform, not us. And that is our hope. But the bottom line is this, that if God does not work, you know, then we, there's nothing we can do that really matters, that really can change anything because there's no hope in us. So God will perform. You will never be rejected. There's nothing you can do to be rejected by God as long as you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior. Nothing can stop Jesus. And nothing can stop Jesus in you. And nothing can stop the plan of God in your life. Like Jesus said that, you see, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church, the church that I built, and the, and the rock on which this church stands is Jesus Christ. Our confession that Jesus Christ, Jesus is Christ, the Son of God. And no hell can stop that hope, you see. Neither for us personally, nor for God's church, nor for this world. Because God, Jesus Christ, the good news of Christmas is that Jesus came to redeem us, for sure. And Jesus came to redeem the whole world. To redeem means to buy out of ownership and slavery of death, corruption, Satan into the ownership of God. And the whole world was redeemed by Jesus Christ. You see? And let's pass on to, you know, the final verses of uh, Micah. You know, going back to Micah 5. The final verses, they talk about this... Uh, this ruler that comes from eternity, okay? It says that he shall give up his people until the time 
that she who is in labor will give birth. Okay? And then God will do his work to bless his people. And it says, this work will be to the ends of the earth, the end of verse 4, and the beginning of verse 5. His work to the ends of the earth, and this one shall be peace. Okay? So, he comes to take ownership of everything that he redeemed. And this is you and I, what we call church. This is, he died for every person in this world. So, everyone can belong to Jesus and not to belong to a corruption and death. Everyone can have Emmanuel. God is with us in his life. Everyone has can have can experience what God is for who he is. You see, his names, all that he God wants to work in your life. God redeemed the whole world to himself. But some people they can value something more uh, than this gift. And those people perish. It says here, God will give up his people until you know the one who is in uh, birth pains in labor uh, gives birth gives birth to the baby. You see, because God came into this world and redeemed this world, the nature of suffering for the, for this world that He created, and for those who trust in Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior, the suffering takes on a different nature. Because there is suffering of cancer that will bring nothing but corruption and death. But there is suffering, as it is described here, of a woman in labor. It is real suffering, but it promises hope. It promises life. It promises joy so great that the suffering will be remembered no more. See, and how in the book of Romans, Apostle Paul describes this. Let's read, meditate upon this, and let's make a choice to look at our suffering not with natural eyes, but with the eyes of God as he speaks to us here. We've got to make a choice. Look back before you celebrate Christmas. Look back at your life. Look back at the difficulties, sufferings, and all those things with this in mind. Okay? Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 15. For you, God speaks to all the Christians. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to be in fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. For I consider the suffering of this present time are not even worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with the birth pangs together until now. And not only they, 
but we also have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves, growing within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for their adoption, for the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope what he sees? Every individual in this world, the presence of Jesus Christ in this world is the hope of salvation, redemption, good, happy end for this world, you see. And this is the joy, this is the joy of Christmas, that even suffering, even suffering, even the painful things that things that we're going through, God is able to redeem those things and make those sufferings out of cancer sufferings into birth pains, into laboring to have a child of new life, and God leads us through those pains. So we can, let's take on this hope. Let's, let, let, let's make this hope uh, ours. Let's take hold of this hope in, in our everyday life. So Jesus came to be the king, the eternal king of hearts, of each and every one of us, of our souls. The king, he invited us to come into his kingdom. And we have. We have come by faith in Jesus Christ. His kingdom is in us. His kingdom is among us. His kingdom, exp God expresses himself in his church, his rulership, his power, his blessings. And God is taking over this whole world. And God warns and says that in Matthew 24 and in 1 Thessalonians 5 that the world will be in labor pains before I come. Satan could not stop Jesus from his first coming. Satan will not be able to stop Jesus from his second coming. And his victory, Jesus Christ's victory, is our victory. Let's read uh, how rejoices, how rejoices Micah, the prophet Micah, about this victory that God has for us. In uh, chapter 7 of Micah, uh, chapter 7, verse 7, Micah says, Therefore I will look to the Lord. In the, in the midst of all the problems, I will look to the Lord, focus on Jesus Christ. I will wait for the, for, for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Do not, do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he pleads my case. God calls our sin, sin. But then... God gives us salvation from sin, and he justifies us. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin, for my sin, for the sin of the whole world. He paid so he can forgive. And Jesus Christ himself is our advocate. He pleads our case, and he, that's why we receive complete forgiveness and freedom from guilt. God executes justice for me. He will bring me forth to the light, and I will see his righteousness then my enemy will see, and shame will cover my enemy who said to me, so where is the Lord your God? My, my eyes will see the shame of my enemies. Now my enemy will be trampled down like in the mire of the streets. The chief enemy, the liar who keeps lying against brethren is Satan, the serpent that is in the dust and in the mire of the street. And all the enemies of God, all our enemies, will be overcome by our Lord. This hope is our hope. And 
the last passage for today to complete our journey through the hope that we have is Micah chapter 4. Micah chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. Again, let's just let those words sink into our hearts and minds. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days, the last days, the end times. It shall come in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains. Mount, mountain Zion, you know, the temple of God, Jerusalem. It shall be exalted above all the hills and peoples, all the nations shall flow to it. The center of the world, the center of worship will be at Jerusalem and the temple. And Jesus Christ himself will sit, will sit there. Verse 2, many nations shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. This is the hope of the world, this baby, you know, nothing to look at, but it is his Emmanuel, God with us, God in us. And God, the Lord and the King of this whole world, you know, will be center. People will follow him and walk in his ways. What a, what a glorious world, what a glorious life of the world uh, we're expecting because of Jesus Christ. For out of Zion the law shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between many peoples and rebuke strong nations afar off. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Just imagine if all the military budgets are, are invested into agriculture, into improving each person's life under the perfect rule of Jesus Christ. And, you know, this is the kingdom, the millennium kingdom of Jesus Christ on earth. That's the hope that we have for this world. But we can have Jesus our Lord in our hearts now with all the benefits of it that, that are described by his names. Verse 4, But everyone shall sit under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. No fear no more. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. For all people walk each in the name of, the, of his God, but we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. Amen. And this is the hope. That's why Christmas is so merry. But you see, there is no happy holidays without Merry Christmas. <laughs> so enjoy Merry Christmas and enjoy the holidays. God bless you guys. Praise the Lord. This podcast was from Tbilisi International Christian Fellowship. Learn more about us online at ticf-georgia.org. Thanks for listening.